Not so long ago, I was a quiet average man. Now I found my voice, I threw my fears in the quicksand. Talking about life, the good, the bad, the ugly side. My name's Joe Vance, now let me take you for a ride, yeah. Hey! Hi, <laughs> Hey! Good, how about you? I'm good. I'm so sorry I'm late. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it you're was a good. long night. Yeah, you're you're... okay. Yeah, it's definitely good to see you again. It's good high I school reunion. I haven't seen y'all in forever. Madison is I know. I know. I haven't seen you and Brianna in so long. I know. It's been too long. I don't even remember the last. I don't even remember graduation. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy how it's been like 11 years since we graduated. I know. 11. Guys, we're old now. <laughs> yes. We're, we're, the, we're the adults. Yeah. We're the adults now. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I need to find an adult or an adult. Right, because, like, I don't know, maybe it's me, but I'm just, like, really childish or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because uh, even to now, yeah, let's see, y'all are both, you know, moms now. So, like, that's just so crazy to think of, to, like, yes. y'all are parents. <laughs> yes, oh, my God. I never thought, I never thought I would be a mother. I always thought I would be, like, the cool aunt or something like that. Uh -huh. but, <laughs> but, like, I guess, you know, God had different plans, so... <laughs> How old's your child? She's three now. Oh, yeah, she's a big, she's a big girl. She's like very, very tall for her age, and it's not because of me, <laughs> because I'm, I've been the same height since like eighth grade or something like that. <laughs> so it's got to be her dad. It's got to be like his whole entire family is like above six feet. I think one of his brothers is like six eight or something like that. Wow. Yeah. So the doctor's like, well. She's gonna be a she's gonna be really, really tall. And I'm like, well, we'll get her in the basketball or something. <laughs> we'll yeah. <do> something. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What's her name? Aaliyah. Nice. Yes, Aaliyah. She's oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> she acts <laughs> just like me. <laughs> she acts just like me. She looks like her dad, but she acts like me. <laughs> it's the craziest thing because I, I tell my mom all the time, I'm like, there's no way that I was this rambunctious when I was little. There's no way. Because this little girl, she never runs out of energy. Never. Except when it's time to eat or go to sleep. <laughs> when it's time to go to sleep, she's like, no, I don't want it. I'm not, I don't like this. I don't like it. I'm like, you've been running around all day. Are you not tired? Like, do your batteries not die at all? <laughs> Because um, I'm like, my batteries are always on E, especially after having her. I'm always tired. Always. <laughs> it's yeah, realize I could definitely not be in a parent, but I could definitely like understand that. Like even as a single adult right here, like I still have my moments of being super tired and just exhausted. So throwing a kid into that, that definitely like times 10. <laughs> yes, it is like, I don't know. What like it's a it's a good tired though like it's you're exhausted but it's for a good reason like you're it's not like you're just tired just you know from not sleeping or you know from not you know getting enough 
water in your diet or whatever, it's you're tired because you're taking care of, you know, somebody that you created. So to me, it's a good tire, but like, I'm just like, at night, can you just like, just lay down a little bit, <laughs> just, just chill out a little bit and just, you know, be still. Cause Give mommy always, a break. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what it is. Give me a break, just a little one. Cause she's always <laughs> moving, always. And I'm just like, can you just sit down just like for one second? <laughs> like, no mommy, let's play. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 a it's a job. I'll tell you that it's a job. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And like you said, I'm glad that you said it's it's a good tired because it's all worth it at the end. Even though it can have its challenges, it's definitely worth it. And you know, so you definitely embrace it, and you know, you love like being a mom to your daughter. So I I really do. And at first, like when I was pregnant, I'm I was like so scared because I'm like. I don't even know anything about kids. I know nothing about children except for what I learned in high school. <laughs> Back in, you know, like 2010 or nine or 11, it's not the same anymore. These kids are different, especially with the pandemic. Like pandemic babies are, I don't know. They're like little robots or something. <laughs> like they've been here before. Cause she is like, she's, I tell her all the time. She's like an old soul because she's definitely been here before. Diff, I, I don't, she's really smart. In like three months, she was like holding her head up. She was holding her own bottle. She was saying like, you know, mama, dada. I'm like, why are you talking already? What is this? And my doctor's like, well, she, you know, babies now are a little bit more advanced. They don't, they're not like they were, you know, when not we were born. So she, he's like, she's gonna be a little bit more advanced, especially. Well, he claims that you know breastfeeding helped with that. So I'm not sure if that's a a thing, but that's what he that's what he told me. See, I'm not sure on that either, um, because I I only did that for a short period of time, and my Kendall's had formula from the moment she was like three weeks old until um you know she turned a year, she's right. 16 months old now, but you know she she was doing some of the same things. She was you know holding her head up very early. Well, she walked at like 10 months old, and she really? mm -hmm, and she's she's 16 months now, and she's starting to put like more than just one word. Like she's starting to put two or more words together. That's. I don't, that's what I say. I don't think it's, I personally, I don't think, I don't, I haven't seen any like studies mm -hmm. on milk and like the advancement of, you know, children or the baby brain or whatever. But I that's, mean, I think it's great. Absolutely. Right. It's 100% great. But I don't think as far as like, you know, brain development, I think it's formula is just as good. I honestly, I, I believe that too. I don't think that breast milk especially like because you have mothers who I don't know if I can say this on, on your show Joel but like who do like drugs and stuff and will still you know breastfeed their um their children and then like would that mean that because you you know have those drugs in your system and you're giving them to their baby would that mean that your breast milk would cause like some type of neurological problem with your child or would it stunt like their brain development or like their growth period like 
I don't I I can't really say that breast milk has helped her advance more. I just think like from the time she was in my belly, I was, you know, just letting her listen to all kinds of music. I was, you know, saying words to her. And mm. I people say that babies can't like really make out words in the womb. But like she was saying, like the words I was saying to her while she was there, she started saying those first. So I'm like, either she heard me or she's just like really, really smart and can read minds or something. Cause <laughs> words already, if I haven't said them to her since she's been, you know, out here, like in the world. So I don't, I don't think there's a, a, a link. I personally don't think there's a link between breast milk and, you know, brain development. They say it is. I don't see how, but I don't, I mean, I'm a, I'm no doctor, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Just go with what they tell me. I'm like, okay, if you say so, sir, that's fine. <laughs> as long as she's hitting the cue, that's all I care about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's actually a good thing that y'all brought up, even though I I can't relate. You know, not especially whenever I become a parent, I would be, you know, of course, a father instead of a mother. But just knowing, like, future wise, that like it really probably doesn't matter either way. Like, so as long as your kids are, you know doing the things that like you're normally supposed to be doing like so that's all that matters at the end of the day and, and it's now just with the formula shortage like oh my god that's crazy i don't understand i really don't understand that like formula hi how are you you want to say hi do we have a guest with us oh <laughs> look hey. how precious hey sweetheart oh <laughs> What's your name? Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Um, how old are you, Aaliyah? How old are you? Aaliyah. How old are you? How old are you? Three. Three. Good. Mm. You got Baby Shark on your shirt. Say, I like Baby Shark. I like Baby Shark. <laughs> My daughter does too. She has a little girl like you, but she's a little smaller. Yeah, you're a big girl. <laughs> Ma. Thank you. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, I made I know you. <laughs> yeah, she she went into park for like Halloween. I think her first year, she did not want to throw that costume away. And I'm like, you can't feed it anymore, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's time to let it go. <laughs> yeah, the anymore, baby shark. Right, right. Feel what you said, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> But as far as the formula shortage, that is, that's really Wait, crazy to me. Okay. <laughs> the the formula shortage is crazy to me because formula is man-made. And I'm just, I'm not really understanding how something that, you know, you guys created is all of a sudden running low like where are are we not are y'all not like making it are y'all you know destroying the facilities that are being you know that are producing this stuff how is there not enough milk to feed the children that you guys want so desperately to be brought into the world that's crazy to me I don't understand and then you have the people who say um well just breastfeed but it's not really that easy like yeah. It's 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 it, hard. It really is. And then you have these conditions where some mothers just cannot make breast milk. They just cannot. Their bodies won't allow it. And 
We don't, they don't know why. They don't know. They can give you something that might work. But, right. Right. I understand. I don't understand. Oh, you don't understand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but if they're like, it, it's not as easy. People think that you could just be like, They're, they say that you can just breastfeed and it's really not that easy because it to some people it's really painful um you have like where the baby won't latch they just won't um because at first she latched for like the very first time she latched for like maybe like 45 minutes on one and then maybe like five or ten minutes on the other but after that she would not latch anymore. Like she just, she just would not latch, and it was, it was hurtful to me because I'm like, why don't you want my milk? <laughs> and the doctor's like, oh, she's just, she's new and she's tired. She's had a rough day, and I'm like, she's had a rough day. <laughs> I'm funny. Oh, thank you. So, Adrian, I don't know about you, but I actually ended up having, like, after I had Kindle, I ended up having postpartum depression. Oh, and so my daughter ended up in the NICU um, right after she was born. She was only there for, like, five days or four days. But for me, when I had the postpartum, it was really difficult because my baby was in the NICU. I'm in my room. Yes, my husband's in there with me, but, like, I'm... I'm having to do this and like my baby's not here and I don't want to just sit there and pump in my room by myself. That's depressing. I already have postpartum depression. So pumping in my room by myself is depressing. I just want to go see my baby and that's all I want to do. So, you know, I pumped a little bit in the hospital, but not as much as they were telling me I should do. And then when we got home, I started pumping more, but then as I shared with Joel earlier in the episode, my, my husband's granddad passed away like the day after or two days after we brought her home from the hospital. So then that kind of sent me and my emotions further into yeah. it. And there was just, you know, people just don't think about, you know, you, you, yeah. especially if you're not producing milk, you got to let them latch for a little bit and mm-hmm. then bottle feed. Cause they're not getting enough there. And then, after they bottle feed, then you got to, you know, pump after that. And then you got to wash your pump parts. You got to wash the bottles and then repeat. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. And our experience were, was definitely similar. Um, I, when I had my daughter, she was born a, a month and a half early. She had, I had to be induced. Um, not sure why, the doctor still, even to this day, I still don't know why she had to be born hi. early. But um, hi. around, hi, I think I right. Can you go in there with Titi real quick? I don't know. You don't know. Can you go play with your toys? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I like to play with my toys. Right. <laughs> but um, she she was born um, wait she was supposed to be born in April, uh, the end of April. But I had her at the end of um, August. I mean, not August, March. And she was. I'm sorry, guys. Hold on one second. And you're good. Ducky. Ducky. But. Um... 
she had to be she had i had to be induced um and then during the whole laboring process i was in labor for 24 hours straight and i had in my mind that i was going to do this with no payments i'm like i can do this i can do this and then like the next morning because i had to be in i had to be induced overnight the next morning i still my cervix still hadn't opened nothing progressed nothing and they're like okay we're gonna have to give you uh pitocin to you know start your contraction Mm -hmm. and then once you once they start we're gonna have to um strip your membrane and then break your water man manually and i'm like okay and then (laughs) so they did all that and then i'm like okay the contraction started they were fine it was it wasn't that bad and then i guess she came in she's like well you're still not dialing it so we're gonna have to turn it up a little bit and i'm like oh okay so she turned it up and i'm like this is this is getting a little intense here like this is yes baby i only own the animal though and the animal baby shark right I have no idea what you said, <laughs> but um, once, you know, they started coming in and I'm like, I'm just like, no, this is not going to work. I can't, I can't, I need something epidural, uh, knock me out, anything. This is painful and it's a lot. I don't know how people, how this, the, the nurse is just like, oh, you can do it. And I'm like, no i can't i can't do this it's it's hurt like really really bad i tell people all the time once they took me off of the pitocin the regular contractions i had they were they were i was able to breathe through those and you know no no pain it wasn't that bad of a pain but once they put me back on those it was horrible it felt like Freddy Krueger was trying to climb out of my cervix. I don't know what was happening down there, but it was the worst pain ever. But with that anesthesia, if it took a while to wear off, so when it did, when when it was time for me to pump, I couldn't really get a whole lot because I guess my body was just like. Can you back up a little bit? But the, my body was just like it was still going through the, right. It was still going through the process of trying to realize that the baby was already out. But it, I don't know why it couldn't register that because I couldn't feel anything. Like from the rib cage down, I didn't feel anything. And they're like, "Your legs are shaking," and I'm like, "Oh, I, I, I don't." feel them they're not I don't feel them shaking she's like all right can you feel she's like poking me you know in my bag she's poking me on my legs she's like do you not feel that and I'm like am I supposed to feel it she's like I think I think he may have I think he may have given you too much anesthesia and I'm like okay are we am I gonna be fine like what what's gonna happen she's like oh no everything's fine you just you're gonna be numb a lot longer than than we thought and I'm like okay well how am I supposed to care for my child like if am I how am I gonna pump if I can't you know sit up straight and you know hold the pump or anything 
and she's like, "Oh, it's fine, it's fine. We'll yeah. uh, we're gonna get you a manual pump and and let you do Why that." But once I did that, mm. it like restarted the contractions. Mm. After you know, they tell you after you have a child and you breastfeed or pump or you know whatever stimulate that that the mammary glands to release the milk well, that you- it can cause like contraction like pains for up to I think they told me like three to six weeks after birth or I can't remember exactly but that they told me something like that and she's like you're you're bleed there's blood in your milk and I'm like well come here so do I need not to breastfeed her or like what I'm not sure what you're what's going on she's like well we're just gonna save it but um, we're gonna need you to stop pumping, and I'm like, well, aren't I gonna Come get here. engorged and things like that? Little, She's like, baby. well, it little, it won't be that long. And I'm just like, wait a minute, I don't know what's what what kind of hospital is this? Like, what's <laughs> going on? And they're just like, oh, we're 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 we never had this happen before, and I'm just like, what do you what what's <sighs> You people, <laughs> like, what's going on here? Like, my team was in we're shambles over, yes, baby, we're talking about your hospital visit I, when you were born. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she had to be in the NICU also, but she was in there a lot longer than uh your your daughter. I think she was in there for about six, six or seven weeks. I mean, not weeks, seven days. She was in there for like six or seven days. And they told me it was because her Billy Rubin level was like really, really low. And she she literally slept all the time. Like the entire time she was in she came out when she was breastfeeding the first time, she she was asleep. When she uh when they cleaned her off, she was asleep. When she came out, she was awake, but like she didn't make any noise. Mm. And I'm like, is she all right? I don't hear anything. Like, she's not crying. And they're like, she's looking around. We see her. We see her eyes. But she's not. I'm like, well, can y'all make her cry? Because I don't. The the silence is killing me. And they're like, okay, we're going to give her a little prick on her foot to see if she cries. And she did not cry. And I'm like, is, is she, can she breathe? Are y'all like suctioning out her, her throat and her mouth and stuff? And they're like, we're going to just give her, do we have your permission to give her a little pat on the butt? And I'm like, do whatever you got to do to just, so she can cry. I need to hear her. And once they did that, she let out this, this blood curdling cry. And I was just like music to my ears because I was like, oh my God, they, there's something wrong with my child. But she was just so, she was really tired after that. She was in the NICU. They had her under this, this bright light. And they had her eyes covered, and it just made me so sad because she was so so tiny. She was, she was big enough to make the cutoff to go home, but they were like, "There's she's she's too tired to just have been born." They're like her Billy Rubin levels are low. She's um she's not she doesn't want to latch onto you. She doesn't want to latch onto the bottle. Then she won't eat the formula, and I'm just like. So they kept her in there for like, you know, six days, six or seven days. And I'm just like, this is the worst like labor experience ever. Like I'm in here. Of course her father was there, but 
Um, uh, not like you. We we weren't married. We weren't married. We were in a relationship at the time. But um, he wasn't. He was there, but he wasn't there. Like he was physically there, but he wasn't like present, as in like helping or you know uh, encouraging or things like that. And it I'm was. Sorry you had to go through that. It, it, thank you, but it honestly it wasn't that bad for me because I was already mentally checked out of that relationship so I honestly didn't care whether he was there or not but it would have been nice to have him make an, more of an effort you know to be uh more helpful um especially when you have like nurses who don't know you saying like sir do you want to hold your baby like you don't want to do skin to skin are you not gonna um feed the baby? No, she's not latching onto her breast, so you can you can feed her with you know the breast milk in the bottle, and they're just telling him like stuff he needs to do, and then he's looking at me like, why are you letting them tell me this? And I'm like, well, I can't do anything. I just had a whole, I just had to push a whole human out. Like, yes, baby. Yeah, we're talking about the hospital you were in <laughs> but um it it, it definitely I think it definitely I definitely had I definitely had postpartum depression it was mom yes darling ain't my baby shots okay can I talk to them real quick no and then, what <laughs> <laughs> I should have just said no <laughs> she's really rude you guys she's really rude <laughs> Uh, it was postpartum depression is is the worst I think especially when you know you have to do it alone um I definitely suffered from it I want to say like the entire first year of her life I had it and it was I don't wish that on anybody because we you know it can it can turn from just depression to psychosis and that was my biggest fear and I'm like Lord I don't know if you hear me or what but just please don't don't let it get any worse than this right here because I do not I do not want those type of thoughts in my mind like when I was the when I had the postpartum depression it was mainly just I didn't want to do anything I didn't want to eat anything I didn't want to go anywhere, you know, I just wanted to take care of her and make sure she was okay. Just, you know, to, you know, basically like in survivor mode, like that first year I was in, like, I have to keep her alive. I have to, like, this is my responsibility. And I didn't know until I went to see my doctor. I think she was like maybe six or seven months at the time. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm bonding with her. I feel like I'm keeping her alive because I have to. And he's like, you sound like you're going through postpartum depression. And if you are, you need to tell me, you know, if you're having, you know, suicidal thoughts or if you're having thoughts of harming her. And I'm like, no, it's nothing like that. It's just, I don't want to get out of bed. Like getting out of the bed is just a real chore for me now. I don't want to move. I don't want to eat. I, the only thing yeah, I'm yeah, able to do is pump and, you know, change her when she needs to be changed. And at the time, she was 
I was going through it from the first six months. All she did was, you know, eat and sleep until she got, you know, about seven or eight months and she started, you know, crawling around and wanting to get into everything. But he's like, well, we need to get this um, under control because we don't want this turning into psychosis because then we'll have a bigger problem than you just not wanting to get out of bed. And so he put me on a couple of medicines. Um, they all, I guess they all worked for a short amount of time. But um, he's like, you keep building up these tolerances to it. And we're, you're, once you get to the tolerance level reach, you're, they're not working anymore, basically. So we have to switch them or up your dose. And I'm like, well, won't that, won't that affect you know, my breast milk or won't it come out in my breast milk? And he's like, well, yeah, you're, you might have to stop breastfeeding because we don't want her intaking these, these medicines, but we don't want you not to take them because you, if you don't, then it could definitely turn into psychosis. Mm-hmm. So I definitely understand what you mean when you say that postpartum depression was hard on you because it it I don't I just I don't really don't think I would wish that on anybody any type of person not even my worst enemy it, it is the worst feeling ever especially yeah. with having a new baby because that's already tiring and then on top of that you have this yeah. mental exhaustion and it's just it it creates this cloud kind of and you're just you're just just walking it's just like you're walking through fog the whole time it's not like you see clearly right oh i don't think you have any more ducks baby okay okay (laughs) but yeah it's a it's a it's a a very stressful experience coped with a stressful disease. It's 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 very hard, and I'm I, I honestly I'm I'm jealous of people who don't get postpartum depression after they're having their babies because I'm just like you are so lucky, and I'm I, honestly I'm happy for people who don't have to experience it because it's a lot to try to take on, especially with being basically a single a single parent. So yeah. it's. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I was just going to say I appreciate both of y'all bringing up your experiences with that because I, I definitely wasn't going to bring it up like and because if y'all wanted to keep that private, I was definitely going to let y'all keep that private. But that one of my questions definitely was about like challenges that come with parenthood and it, it starts at the very beginning, like not only just carrying your baby the whole way through to, you know, full term, but then like going through the labor and lots of just hearing uh, your story, you know, what you went through. And I uh, just left, lost my headphone, <laughs> but uh, but unless it went through, uh, you know, hard labor and then like once that labor, you know, once you got through that, then like going through the postpartum depression for both of y'all and uh, and even with you, Adrian, going through it kind of alone, like so that makes it even harder and, you know, definitely uh, a challenge. So I definitely appreciate y'all bringing that up because like, that definitely is something that a lot of new moms, especially may possibly go through not all journeys are the same but i have heard that 
in recent times, it does seem like I hear more and more about it, more people being open about it. So it, it honestly I, I tell like when my friend if I have like a friend who's get who's pregnant or trying to get pregnant or you know just had a baby, I tell them all the time like don't don't just keep that to yourself. If you feel like you may be experiencing postpartum depression, say something to somebody because like I said, it can turn into postpartum psychosis and that that's where, you know, women start unaliving themselves, unaliving their children or, you know, neglecting their children and it, it can, it can turn dangerous really fast. It can turn physically harmful really fast if it's just kept under, you know, wraps or wraps, and people are just like, "Oh, well, I, I'll get over it. I'll get it. It's just sadness. I'll get over it. it." It's not just sadness. It doesn't just go away. Sometimes it, it'll, you know, sometimes it'll subside, you know, as the baby get older, but it never just goes away without any type of counseling or, you know, medication because sometimes. Postpartum depression depression can be something that is, you know, chemical. It can be fixed by a by a medicine. Yeah, but, I had to take Lexapro until I could get over it. Right. I think I had to take I know one of them was like Zoloft. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't help a little bit once they got it to um a higher dose, it helped. But um the other ones that he had me trying, I'm just like I don't feel any different. Um, I'm not sure if I'm not taking them right or if the strength isn't strong enough, but the, I just don't see them working. That's why I tell all my friends, like, if you plan on having a kid and and you just, you start to feel like you're, you're spiraling or you're just sad all the time after you've had your child, call me. I don't care what time it is, you know, what I'm doing, but you don't need to just sit in that because that's what I did. Like the first six months of having it, that's all I did was sit in it. I just sat in it. And I actually, my dad was like, I think you need to go and go to the doctor because it it seems like you have postpartum depression because he's like why are you always in the room like you don't want to leave your room you don't want to get up out of the bed you don't want to do anything even when she would go with her dad I would just want to lay down and just sleep and at this time I'm already healed like I can do things I had already stopped breastfeeding so I could go out and like you know have a drink or whatever but I did not want to do anything it was that bad and he's like I think you need to call your doctor and tell them that you may be experiencing postpartum depression because I I don't like seeing you like this. And I'm just like, okay. I'm glad that you said that because there is such a stigma surrounding depression in general, but especially postpartum depression because women are expected to have this baby and and just feel all these joyous feelings and it's (sighs) not always i mean for some women it is like that it is. but for a vast majority of women they have postpartum depression and because mm-hmm. that pressure is put on them to have those joyous feelings they yeah. want to keep it under wraps and they want to keep it uh, hidden they're having those feelings because uh, no they're supposed to be joyous there's a new baby it's a life it's supposed to be joyous and 
Well, yes, it is. It also brings challenges and an influx of hormones and chemicals going through your body. And so that's a lot, that's a lot of the reason why women don't want to talk about it is because they feel they're, they're, they feel like they're not supposed to feel those feelings. Right. So, and uh, that, that's, that's what, that's my thing about it too. That's what, that's why I would tell my, uh, her dad, I'm like, it's, it's not regular depression because if it, if it were regular depression, I'm pretty sure it could be managed better with um with just like medication or you know therapy or you know whatever but postpartum depression is a different type of depression it to me it's a it's a more complicated one because how how am i supposed to be happy about you know a a an experience that is supposed to be happy but my brain won't allow me to like no matter how much I look at my child or I looked at her I was happy that she was here but it was like I just I don't know what I can't shake this sad feeling and it it, it was at first my her dad was like I think you're just overreacting I think you should just like I think it's just like a a something that'll pass and I'm like okay maybe you're right maybe it's just like you know I'm sad or something and once my hormones regulate I'll I'll be fine yes mommy you're okay you're okay pick your toys up but um it it was it I think it's it's a lot more uh, a lot more scary a scarier because women are once they especially women in like my case who are single mothers or who are um who do this alone they don't really have a whole bunch of people to talk to or they don't feel like they can talk to other people because it's mainly you either have friends who aren't mothers and they don't understand or you feel like you're bugging somebody and that was one of my my concerns. I didn't want to bug anybody with my what I thought was like just random thoughts because I'm like I should be ha- why am I not happy? Like what what's what's the what's wrong? I thought like I really thought I was a bad mother. I'm like I don't deserve this child. Like I can't I don't think I'm supposed to feel like this. And the doctor's like, it's normal. It happens. It's it's your hormones are still up and down and they're not regulated yet. So it's okay to to not to not feel happy or to feel worried or to feel scared. And she they're like, he's like, it's when you stop feeling those things is when I get scared. When you stop worrying about if if she's okay or when you stop caring about if she's okay that's when it becomes my problem because we don't want you to get to that point that means it's gone from just you know depression to psychosis and it can go from not caring you know about her welfare to you doing something harmful to her and we don't want that and I'm like well I don't care how depressed I am I would never harm my child I would 
check myself into a crazy hospital before I put, you know, before I do anything to my child. And that's just, I guess, mother instinct or a decent human being, I guess. But like, I don't, I don't think necessarily, not all men, I don't think most men understand that postpartum is something that they can help with as well. Um, because my doctor would tell her father um, all the time, you need to be, you need to look out, you know, for these signs. This is what you need to look out for. You need to, you know, be there. You need to, you need to pay attention, be more attentive. If if you can, you get the baby when she's asleep, you get the baby, you go feed her, you change her diaper. Whenever you, the more you do that, the more, the more it'll alleviate, you know, pressure for her and she can get better faster. And Hello. what's wrong? Oh, it's okay. You're all right. You're right. But um he's telling him, you know, you can be proactive in this time as well. It doesn't have to just be her, you know, to come to you and say, Hey, I'm not, I don't feel, you know, I'm not all right up here. And he's like, you, 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 this is what you need to find. This is what you need to look out for and what you need to tell her or tell me or anybody else so we can get her some help. And he's just like, well, how am I supposed to, you know, help her with that? And I'm just like, dude, he just told you what to do. Are you, what's he's, I don't know. But with, I feel like a partner can play a, a, a bigger role in, um, not necessarily, I guess, curing postpartum depression, but like recognizing the signs, you know, tell it, you know, relieving some of the, the duties of being a mother, especially a breastfeeding mother. If you're pumping, you know, you can feed her, you get the bottle, um, you can change diapers, you can, you know, hold her until she goes to sleep, you can rock her if she, you know, cry, cries in the middle of the night instead of waking me up you get her and you try to you, either she's hungry or she's lit there's no there's like no grand scheme of things where she's either sad or mad or you know what it, it's literally either she's hungry or she's wet and now she wants to go back to sleep after you've done those things so it's not like you have to be up a whole you know the whole night with the baby it's just little things that don't seem little to us because we're the ones doing it but Little things like changing a diaper, you feeding her, you you getting up with her in the middle of the night, you you know you taking on housework, like it 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 can alleviate a lot of the stress that comes along with postpartum depression just by you wanting to you know you taking on those small tasks while I you know get through this, especially after I've just you know had a whole human being ripped through my body so it's like if if you if you can <coughs> if you can do something that will help it doesn't matter what so anything just to relieve that stress that pressure it, it I think partners can be more active in you know helping with postpartum depression 
I'm actually glad you brought that up because like, especially me not being a father yet. And if I ever have to go through a situation where my future wife, you know, may, you know, we may have a child and she may go through something like that. That's actually some really good advice for new parents, you know, for me to go through to like, in a way, support her, like get things done around the house, you know, make it, make it as easier, you know, make it easier for her to just, uh, you know, to just get through these kind of moments, hard moments. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I actually was uh, like my last question on like, what is some big like pieces of advice that you could give to new parents? And especially with uh, becoming a new parent, like for both of y'all, like postpartum depression was like a huge challenge for y'all. And last thing I know with Madison, you have your husband and, you know, with Adrian, I know you um, you were kind of doing it alone, but like so just knowing the importance of having somebody there, a support system, whether it's your spouse or family member or anybody like that is definitely very important to have because it's, uh, also you definitely, also you have to face those battles like emotionally alone, but then uh, by having that, you know, support system behind you, knowing that, um, less of you that they're gonna you know help take care of the things around you and your surroundings and all and also it's good that um that you've even told your friends that like if if you're pregnant or you know if you're gonna go through postpartum if you feel like you're gonna go through postpartum depression like reach out to me because like I said sometimes people can uh may almost feel like they're being a burden to somebody else that uh you know the you know may not have gone through that so less I'm glad that you know, from your personal experience, that you want to be a help to those that have gone through that. And let's I definitely, let's I appreciate so much for both of y'all bringing these two things up and you know, these big things up because it's, uh, it's a definitely the challenge itself is just there right at the beginning. Unless it's, uh, I appreciate that. It really is. And another thing about, I don't know if Madison ever went through this, but I did, I had antepartum depression, which is, depression while pregnant oh that sounds terrible yes it was uh i don't to me i i say this and i don't mean it like like pregnancy is a bad thing but i say all the time i will never have another child because my experience with labor my experience with pregnancy my experience, you know, just being a single mother has been not necessarily the worst. It's just been really, really, really hard because going through antepartum depression, which I didn't even know was a thing until I was like maybe like six or seven months pregnant. And I, I, I told, I had this nurse who would come out and um, she would like check on me every week or so and um I'm telling her like I don't I cry a lot I'm crying a lot and it's not necessarily you know somebody's done something to me or I'm it's not the typical pregnancy hormone it's not it's I don't I'm telling her I'm like I don't know what it is but I cannot like I'm crying a lot and and I can't seem to figure out why and she's like well have you ever heard of um antepartum depression and I'm like no I don't I know what anti means I know that's you know like before or you know current and I'm like is that like I mean because I have depression anyway 
is that what that is? And she's like, no, it's um not really talked about a lot, but it happens more than people think. A lot of women are depressed, even women who don't usually suffer from depression. A lot of women are depressed while they're pregnant. And they think that it's just, you know, some some sadness that'll go away or, you know, uh, something that can be treated. And she's like, it's not that easy to get rid of. I see. Because she had, it's empty, baby. She had a, um, a client who was going through the same thing. And she didn't know about it until, you know, the girl had um, unalived herself while she was pregnant. And um, she said that she said that her mom, her mom had told her that uh, she had been um, crying a lot. She didn't know why she wasn't really taking care of herself as far as hygiene and things. So she she just thought that maybe it was because of her um i guess her relationship at the time or something and she just she just didn't know so she was like i'm glad you said something because i don't think i could have taken another death like that and i'm i'm telling her well i don't think it was it, it was that bad to where i would you know contemplate that type of you know drastic uh reaction but i do understand how women who are pregnant and they do you know unaliveness i understand how it can get to that point because there it's it's not like regular depression antipartum depression is not like regular depression it's like it's a little bit worse but not as worse as like postpartum or postpartum psychosis. It's just, it's really, it's more of, I think that one is more of a chemical imbalance than an emotional imbalance or like a mental imbalance. I think that because once they started me on like a a low dose um, antidepressant, I was fine. I, you know, it was, I could, get up and do things while I was pregnant. I could, you know, not, I wasn't crying as often. Um, of course I had, you know, those pregnant emotions and, you know, I, I would cry over little things like not being able to open my sauce from McDonald's or something, but <clears throat> I don't, I, I think, I think that one is more controllable by medicine than postpartum depression is. That one, antidepression is just a lot of, I, even when you're pregnant, it's it's a lot of un like unsurety, like especially if you're a new person, you never had a baby before, you don't know anything about babies. It can be like a lot of pressure, a lot of what if I can't do this? What if you know I mess up? Or you know it's and, and that's with any parent, but that cope with antipartum depression was like the worst six months, first six months of my life. I just I don't wish that on anybody. It's just a lot. It's it's a lot to do and go through as as a single mother kind of at the time, but like 
it, it was just, it was a lot. I, and I tell my friends, if you ever feel like that, or if I ever see you going into that type of, you know, if I see the size that I had, I'm going to, you know, say something like, hey, I think you may need to um, tell your doctor that you are going through these things because I don't want that happening. I don't want any of my friends unaliving themselves or hurting their babies. I don't want them, you know, just wallowing in sadness for 10 months. You know, it's 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 already stressful on your body. You don't need it to be stressful on your mind as well. It's some one of them has to, you know, has to be balanced. One of them has to be, you know, like you have to be in a in a good headspace if if you're going to be pregnant. You're already going through a lot, like a lot of um bodily changes, physical changes, going through a lot of emotional changes because your your hormones again are up and down. But you don't need all of that cope with any part of depression, postpartum, for any type of depression. It's all you. Ha I tell that you have to say something. You have to. It, it can't. You can't just think you're a burden because I know the feeling. You're not a burden. If you are, you know, if you feel like you you can't do this, and you feel like you get you're getting to the point where you want to not do this anymore, let me know or let your doctor know. Anybody know because. We don't need, we don't need you hurting yourself okay, or hurting okay. your baby because of something that can be fixed with, with just one pill. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Lisa, I'm glad that Lisa, you have brought this up because Lisa, there de definitely needs to be awareness Lisa, when it comes to these kind of things, because it's so hush hush, you know, not everybody wants to talk about it but like so really just having that simple conversation can like lead you a long way and it could do better for you in the long run and uh like so even for like new moms that go through this that may not go through postpartum depression even if they know somebody that is going through there just knowing ways to be that support system and just really understanding like what it what it means even though you can't physically feel what they're going through just uh just being there for them. And Lisa, like we said, just kind of, you know, definitely being that help when it comes to getting things done around the house and just, uh, just really just, you know, helping them get to a place of, you know, just having peace with it, even though like, I know it can be a, a hard battle, like for months or even for you a year, Lisa, just uh, going through that, Lisa, definitely is a, a challenge. And I guess that kind of leads me to uh, like, towards the end of this like just thinking like if we had any final thoughts like outside of uh like postpartum depression like if if you had if there was a new mom that may be watching this or a new dad that's out here watching this and they're really scared like of like the what's going to happen like when it comes to their kids like uh what is some like good like advice that you would give to them regarding their like fear of like being the the perfect parent basically I would just say yeah. <laughs> like, give yourself some grace um, Yes, because th there's so many moms and I was one of those that beat themselves up if I wasn't doing everything perfect, everything right, everything this way or that way. Like, and another thing that my, thankfully, like my Kendall's pediatrician actually told me this. He said, mama, it's okay. Oh, if no. she, she has changed. <laughs> if she has been fed. And if she's not running a fever or sick, it is okay to leave her in that crib and let her cry for a little bit so that you can either shower or eat 
or cry yourself or yeah. lay down. Like it is okay. <laughs> there's been times that I've sacrificed getting a shower. I've sacrificed eating. I've sacrificed my own mental sanity just so I could hold her. So she'd quit crying. And I think that there's a lot of pressure on women as far as that goes, like trying to do everything perfect, being, being there every single time that they cry, but you don't have to be, you can let them, like, you can let them cry. It is okay. As long as you've met their basic needs, you can let them cry and you can go take care of yourself. Because if you can't be, if you can't take care of yourself, like you can't really fully take care of another. You have to have yourself in check and like make sure that you have your basic needs met before you can, you know. Right. That was my issue. That was my problem. Like I absolutely hated to hear her cry. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was like it did something to me. I don't know. Like any other baby, I could I could listen to them cry and it wouldn't bother me. But like my own child. It, it was like, it would hurt me so badly to hear her cry that I would sacrifice, like you said, oh, no. I would sacrifice eating. No. I would sacrifice taking a shower. I would sacrifice, you know, sleeping just so I could be there for her when she would cry. And only recently, like when she was like two, did I start the you're fine. You're, you've eaten. You, you're not, your pants aren't wet. You're not um, hurting or anything. You're not sick. You're fine. If you want to cry, go ahead. But mom's going to go take a shower. I'm going to go eat something. I'm going to go just sit by myself for a second and, you know, just catch a breath. But that first year, yeah, it, it was every time she cried, I would like jump up and what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And my dad's like, I don't like to hear her cry either, but you don't have to jump up every time she cries. It's okay. She's not, she's not hurting. She hasn't broken anything. It's okay to let them cry. Just, you know, uh, but he was, it was, it, that's my thing. If you, you can, you can take care of yourself. You can babies they they're that's what they do they cry that's the only way of communicating they don't know any other way to you know get someone else's attention but to cry so yes i agree if if you change them if you fed them if they're not sick if they're not hurting if you know all their basic needs are met just just sit them down if they want to cry you know just let them cry it's okay They'll be they'll be fine. Yeah. They'll get they'll <laughs> they probably won't even remember it in like two minutes. So it, it's okay. Just 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 let Mommy, you have to go in there. She's in there. You have to you have to take care of it, especially the moms. You have to take care of yourself to be able to take care of your child. You cannot go. You cannot go without just to give them what they need or what you think they need. You have to take care of yourself. That was one of my main things. Like I would always buy her things, buy her new clothes, buy her new toys. And I would go like six or seven months without buying a new shirt for myself. And people literally had to tell me, go shopping for yourself. Don't buy her anything else. Go buy you some clothes. Go buy you shoes. Go buy you something you want. 
And I'm just like, I thought I was supposed to buy everything for her. And they're like, why would you have her out in all these nice clothes and you're wearing clothes from five years ago? And I'm just like, you got a point. So yes, definitely take care of yourself. The dads too, take care of yourself. Single fathers, fathers who are with the mothers, you have to take care of yourselves too. You can't just go without or you can't just not have because you feel like your child deserves more than, you know, what you have or what you can give. You have to take care of yourself too. If you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of them. It's, 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 it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, well, I said, I'm glad that y'all both brought that up because, yeah, like I said, there, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. We're all, you know, you're, we're all going to make mistakes. Like I know eventually when I become a dad, I know there will be mistakes that I make. And like I said, just giving yourself that grace, just knowing that, like, you know, you can still bounce back from it. You can still, you know, do good in that area. And then also, yeah, just because you are taking care of yourself doesn't make you a selfish person. You know that like once you become a parent, of course, you know, it's not all about you. It's, you know, right. about your kid and you put your kid, you know, first. So I said, definitely having that selflessness definitely comes into play. But at the same time, like you said, if, you know, if you've done everything, if, if their diapers change, if you fed them already, if you've already like, they get let out a good big burp and they're still crying, then it's like, uh, what else can I do? Like you basically, you just have to let them, cry it out and it's like uh it's all there is to it so i said just definitely don't ever beat yourself up you know new parents if you're out there just uh know that like it's a like madison said earlier it's definitely a learning experience even when her kid may become older like so you're you're gonna still learn things i'm sure my mom my dad still learn things even to this day and i'm 29 years old right here like i'm sure they're still learning you know, new way, new things, even about like their grandkids and stuff like that. So just, uh, last year, just definitely don't beat yourself up, you know, give yourself some grace and just know that you're being the best parent that you can be. And as long as you're providing for them, you know, what the needs that they need. And as long as you're showing them that love and compassion and, and as long as you're showing yourself that love and compassion as well, lots of that stuff, we, going to uh you know you're doing a good job and yes you're definitely you know going up you're going to go a long way with this and unless you're you're going to be just fine so there's no such thing as a perfect parent if there were all kids would be the same we wouldn't have you know these it it wouldn't be like it is now if if parenting if parenting was you know perfect or it had to be perfect it's you're going to mess up you're going to, you're going to continue to mess up. There's no way around it. There's no way to avoid it. There's no way to stop it. It's just something that it's going to happen. And like you said, it's a never ending learning experience. Like even with my mom now, she's in her fifties and I'm an adult, almost 30. And she's still learning, you know, like different ways of parenting with my daughter because, you know, like times change the way they were parented back then is not the way that we parent now um a lot of stuff has been debunked a lot of stuff is just not being used anymore and and there's there's just no correct way to parent like as long as you are not hurting your child as long as you are not abusing your child as long as you are not mentally abusing your child or allowing people to do that 
you you're doing the best you can. Like, don't just think that I have to do it this way or my child's going to turn out bad or I'm going to be looked at as a bad parent because I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure all of our parents have done things, you know, with us growing up that they just wish they hadn't done or they wish they knew now they knew then what they know now. So like, there's my way to just be this perfect, you know, straightforward parent. You're going to hit bumps. You're going to, you know, mess up. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. I promise. (laughs) Yeah. So I hope that that this conversation has been a good like comfort to new moms and dads out there. And I definitely appreciate both Madison and Adrian for being on here and sharing their experiences with this. So um, if you're out there listening, if you enjoyed this video, if you're watching this from my YouTube channel, uh, Not Your Average Joel podcast, um, be sure to give me a like. Uh, be sure if you're going through a same similar experience, be sure to comment and tell us about your experiences yeah. as well. And uh, also, if you're watching this on Facebook, you know, be sure to give this a like as well on there or, you know, be sure if you want to comment on there as well. Or if you want to reach out to me privately, you know, you're more than welcome to do that. And um, I also have an Instagram page, Not Your Average Joel Podcast. And um, so just once again, I'm just grateful, you know, for Madison and Adrian for sharing their experiences and talking about things that are very personal and things that they went through and just uh, just their life as mom. Lots of lots in your uh, your beautiful daughters and lots of just love seeing like both of your journeys and less I definitely am glad that I still you know keep up with y'all even after high school and I definitely (laughs) look forward to uh having both of you on like some of my future podcasts because I know both of y'all signed up for more than just this one so so yeah thank you both for joining and for everybody out here I'm going to stop this recording and kind of finish up my conversation with them and um, I hope that all of y'all have a good rest of your day and I will talk to y'all later thank you everybody that took the time to listen to this episode of Not Your Average Joel your support means so much to me whether you were listening to this episode from Apple Podcasts Breaker Anchor Google Podcasts Overcast Pocket Cast, Radio Public and Spotify as well as my YouTube channel If you want to see some behind-the-scenes standout moments and funny moments from my episodes, please go to my Instagram page at NotYourAverageJoelPodcast. I also have a TikTok account where I post clips from my episodes as well at NotYourAverageJoelPodcast. If you are watching this episode from YouTube, please be sure to give me a thumbs up. And if you want to see more of my upcoming episodes, then please subscribe to my channel and turn on the bell notifications so that you will be notified whenever a new episode comes out. Once again, I appreciate all your support, and I look forward to sharing more about these topics with you in the next episode of Not Your Average Jaw. Goodbye.